Hey guys, my name is Megan Leha and I'm the co-founder of One Stop Real Estate Group located in Mansfield, Texas. This podcast will mostly relate to the Dallas-Fort Worth market, but we'll also have information you can apply to any location. If you are someone that's interested in buying or selling and you are not in this market, please reach out to an industry professional for guidance and information pertinent to your area. If you are not sure where to look, give me a shout and I will be happy to get you connected with someone in almost any state. Today, we are doing our episode called News You Can Use with Georgette Jones and Glenda White. If you're a real estate agent listening to this podcast, reach out to me and ask me about our referral program. All right. So I know we're just like basically going to chat um, market today, right? Yep. Which is basically how to uh, continue to, how do we really combat, you know, first time home buyers and these builders as well as marketing and strategies to help agents and ourselves and just combat of what's really going on in the market today because it's um it's interesting the, this morning um and i just posted it building sales are up um highest home sales starts in 14 years came out this morning for my weekly update so existing home sales it's exactly what we were kind of talking about it rose 6.7 million in december and it's the strongest since 2006 and it's up six and a half percent and housing prices are up um, basically at 1.6 million annual rate is where it's going from 2006. So it's essentially doubled. Um, <laughs> you know, we talk about home builders as well. Building permits in December were up 1.7 million year over year. And I don't even, even my other first time home buyer, she's, um, I don't really know what I'm going to do just because she was approved at 110 on some kind of program. She came back and she got approved for 150 and she's like, I don't want to live here. I don't want to live here. I'm not living in that. It's a lot of, I'm not going to. And so what I told her is I have her set up on a custom drip and I said, you know, I'm, I'm open to us going to see properties, but at 200 and 230, we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I said, because you're going to get your heart broken. And um, so that's kind of the conversation that we've been having with different like consultations and things like that I've done, but that they're still holding on to, well, my cousin got a house and she only paid 125. And I'm like, when did your cousin get a house? Well, 2010. Well, wait a minute. That's not realistic mm-hmm. now. So there's a lot of that and a lot of trying to um, build that um, what is the word um, subject matter expert and even though they've come to me for the hill now it's like well you're not saying what I want you to say that's not what I want to hear and so the realism of it have kind of combated it a little bit is let's go see that home let's put that offer in at 110 and then when it's rejected it's like oh my goodness I can't believe it's rejected well because it's not reasonable so, but even though it seems like I'm going to use the word waste of time, it's still been working. And so just to be able to readjust their expectations. So, but I don't know how she would even win an offer on a home anywhere in her area because it's Arlington and an approval at 150. And so that's where I think affordable housing should happen. But then what does that even look like? who's mm-hmm. taking the reins on those kind of initiatives. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then the problem with the affordable housing is that the lots are not affordable. You know, houses right. would be more affordable if lots were more affordable, but then we're also running into the issue now or the dilemma of all the, like we just talked about the materials are skyrocketing. 
on prices. So it's like, how, how do you make that work? You know, and it's, ah, that's hard. That's a tough one. And I I have one coming on the market, um, which it's not in Arlington area though. It's, uh, it's in DeSoto for one thirty. Look, I'm interested. (laughs) Yeah. Cause (laughs) you look at it. It's coming yeah. on today, so I can I can hang tight on. I mean, because you know, as soon as it hits the market, it's gonna go. It's gonna blow up. But oh, I yeah. can. Um, I'm gonna go there today. I'll take some pictures and I'll send it over to you. Um, but I was gonna get it up uh, online probably by this evening. So I will hang tight on that and I'll send it over to you and see what what can be done on it. I don't absolutely. Know. I don't know the condition of everything yet because the the seller is very very transparent on everything but it's a tenant that's in there so okay. now a tenant's a preacher he was very i mean i've talked to him personally i've talked to him a lot on the phone he seemed you know very pleasant to speak with um but i always just like to go really really look right. at the houses anytime it's you know, absolutely is he so is he um because her lease isn't up till june so does he already have a place to stay he duh, he's in the works on it so i know that in the last two weeks that's what he was getting established so that today we could go in and go on the market okay okay well yeah i'm i'm open to anything at this point and she and it's funny because where she came from was the builder she came to me pre-approved so the builder contact i work with he sent me about six or seven leads and um that's kind of why i've just stuck with promoting them and I've closed on like the couple of buyers I closed on um, last year from him. That's where they came from. It was from him. Thanks. So, and even some other people who couldn't afford that community. Um, mm-hmm. We've been working on their credit and different things like that. But that's where they came from. Nice. So yeah, it's been good. Right. Right. Yeah. I have another one that I'm I'm really trying to play around with on what to do because. It could be marketed as FHA 203K fixer upper type deal, you know, make a a pretty fancy video, kind of build it out for the public to see like, hey, this is what you can do with it for around, I'm sure that I could probably get them sold on around 225, 240, somewhere within that range. Um, But it's on almost two acres of land in Kennedale. So yeah, yeah. And I'm like, maybe I'm going to kind of look at this one for myself. I don't know. Like I'm trying to really figure out what I'm doing there. So, or what I'm wanting to do there. Um, but they're, they're motivated to sell. And I, I do have pictures of that one. Um, the inside of the house, it just, it really needs to be rehabbed big time. Um, but structure is good. You know, bones are good on it. So it's just a matter of going in paint floors, cabinets, you you're good to go. So on That's that one, look at a conventional or a VA rehab because they both have those. If you didn't I didn't know conventional them. did. Mm-hmm. Educate me on that. Friday has a 203K. It's just like FHA. So it's all the way down to foundation and your studs, but it's exactly like FHA, but it's on a conventional product. Do they, are the prices still the same? Like you have your two different parameters of under 35 and over 35? Yep, absolutely. And VA is up to 30,000. So there's a VA rehab too. Up to 30. I did not know that. I'm over here taking notes. Now that's news you can use. Okay. Yeah, it is. (laughs) I like that news. That's pretty good. News you can use. There you go. There's the headlines. (laughs) 
That's excellent in Kennedale. An agent called me the other day. I'll give you our contact information. They were looking for something in Kennedale. They wanted a new construction. They have that little pocket community coming up. Mm -hmm. um, but this might work better just because the size of the lot, though. So yeah. I that's what I'm sitting here looking at. And I'm actually, I reached out to Title today to see what it would look like in terms of replatting. Because I'm like, this is su such a big chunk of land that I could purchase it, rehab the house, sell off, just replat it and sell off the quarter acre that the house sits on and keep the rest of it and just build out on that. Yes. Or do whatever I want yep. to. Pull my RV in there and live in that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> but I that's know. what the, but you know what, that place on, um, what is that called? Oaks Park on the corner of uh, Sublet and Little School Road, there's a 14 lot community. The person that owns that, he's a realtor. Mm -hmm. So I spoke to him some months back and it's a, that's the uh, patio community I was telling you about. They haven't so, built out yet, right? They're still in development on it? They are, and it's gone extremely slow because they've had issues with Encore, just like the Magnolia um, Meadows down the street. They've had issues with Encore, and it's behind 8, 10, 12 weeks. It's a lot. And so, but that's what he did. He pretty much bought it. And the homes are any builder. You can bring in any builder. The criteria to build in there is really minimal. It's not a lot. And, um, but that's who he is. He's a realtor, though. Dang. But he did the same thing. Bought the land, built it out. And I know, that's why I'm like, the value is so, so in the land here, like big time. And even the houses around it. So all of them, they're, they're on decent sized lots, anywhere from a half acre all the way up to the two acre um, lots. And they're running, even on the half acre ones, upper 300, like 380s to 400s. And the rest of them are 400 to 500,000. So I'm like, yeah, that's, um, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Absolutely. It really is. They're doing some good stuff over there. Urban Chic Properties is over there. They're taking those deposits for those baby houses. I'm calling them baby houses. They're extremely small. Mm -hmm. um, they're starting at $199, and the deposit is $2,000. They're breaking ground in June. There's only 50 of them. So they have like 100 people on the list already. I was going to say, they, they've got that filled up. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, the mayor, the new mayor in Mansfield is um, Evans and his movement, his big initiative on um, him rolling out, I guess his plan with Mansfield was affordable housing. Granted, I have no idea what that looks like. So right. I'm like, I would love to see what affordable housing would look like in Mansfield, Texas, because right. what are we doing with the taxes on that thing? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. I'm like, that does not, ex not in Mansfield, it does not it does exist. Not exist. Mm -mm. No, I mean, I, I sit here and look in new build communities and I'm like, yeah, there's mm -mm, not happening. But so many of them, I mean, oh gosh, 500,000 easy. And that's just with minimal upgrades. So we'll see. I, mean, I do want to see what that community looks like. Um, Greenfield right there on um, 360 and where 360 ends and 287 merges right there on the access road. Mm -hmm. I stopped by there a few weeks back and took some photos. I want to see what that pricing looks like over there. Um, um, what community did you say? I think it's called Greenfield, but it's a DR Horton product. There's a Lake Prairie. Oh, yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. 
Yes. And that one, I went over there. That one's nice too. It's this like one is like at the end of 360 though. Yeah. And that one, I looked it up. It's Mans It's Midlothian ISD and it's Grand Prairie City. Yep. So mm -hmm. I know it was Grand Prairie City. Yeah, it is. I looked it up yeah. yesterday. Well, it says it online it's Grand Prairie, but it's right there where Mansfield's at as well. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So I think you're going to start to border Mansfield, Grand Prairie, Johnson County. So that's good. Um, I've got some Somerset people and they have a new zip code in Somerset and it's Mansfield City and Johnson County as well. And so oh, wow. you may see some of those start to come to, to where that's actually not Ellis County and it may be Johnson County, but then Grand Prairie merging with Mansfield, merging with Midlothian and it's all going to start merging this way. So they're actually also doing, um, they're building all their own schools there too. Yes. Kind of mm -hmm. like how South Point did in Mansfield. Yep. Yeah. Or be Viridian. Um, yeah. Oh, the Viridian, no. Oh, did Viridian do that? They did. They have an elementary over there. And Midlothian has to because there's nothing, my elementary is the nearest one out there and that would be like 10 mile radius. There's mm -hmm. no way those kids can drive 10, 15 miles. And so when they start coming, the vision for Midlothian from what we hear is that's where either elementary, either nine or 10 is going. And then the third high school will start moving out that way too. Once it starts all coming in towards town. Gotcha. I did Pretty not. good. See, cause I thought Google was coming to Waxahachie still. They were supposed to come the first quarter of this year. And so, so that's happened, how. So Google, what they did was they purchased I forgot how many acres I'd have to pull the pull the tax records on it. Um, they purchased a bunch of land in Venus and it is only for data storage. It's Midlothian. For their it's servers. already up and running. They've already got everything going. Is it Midlothian? Oh. Yeah, it's Midlothian. But they have some in Venus too. Like and it could be on the Midlo the cusp of Midlothian Venus. It it may be they okay. bought the old are us building in that area and they're expanding into behind the cement factory on 287 and it's the plat of venus but it's midlothian for tax purposes gotcha okay so so what i was told from the the development standpoint on that that it was just uh for servers for yes. storage okay yes. so it's not going to actually be like a you know like a google facility no, it's an IT server, $600 million data center is what it is. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I think I had a client six months ago move from California. He was one of the senior executives there. Um, and he said they're all just starting to come over and relocate. Mm -hmm. Nice. And that's why an agent I know, he's from California. He runs ads in California for here. So if you look on, so one of the biggest data sources that I didn't really know about in real estate is Redfin. Redfin has a lot of graphs, charts, all kinds of things showing where people are relocating from. So like one of the biggest relocating, um, relocation places is people from Los Angeles relocating to Texas, um, specifically DFW. And then I'm licensed in Georgia as well. That one is from New York to Georgia. And so, but Redfin has their uh, uh, data house of all things real estate. And um, so it's a phenomenal resource when you're looking for like schools or subdivisions or just different data points to know what ads to run and how to run your ads and where to have those ads placed to get kind of like the biggest bang for your buck. So definitely check out Redfin. Um, it's, it's really phenomenal though.
It's funny that you mentioned that. So Redfin kept sending all those, you know how you get all those recruiter or recruitment emails from different brokerages? Mm -hmm. Well, they kept sending those and I never responded to any of them. Well, then they sent me, um, what do they call it? Something, partner agents, premier partner. It's it not, is. Uh, some, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a referral partner program. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that is what it is. So I went ahead and filled that stuff out to see what that process looks like with them. It's a very long, that was like two months ago that I did that. Um, but they're moving forward on it. And supposedly they send out a bunch of different buyers and sellers within the area and all of the Midlothian, Venus, Maypearl, all that area is where they placed me at there. So I'll see what comes out of it. Nothing so far because I haven't finalized the process, but I was like, hmm, hmm, we'll see. We'll see what they're doing. So, yeah. And it's not bad because I think that fee was like 25 or 30% or something. Yeah, but I feel like it's, it's not, yeah. And it's not bad because you don't have to pay anything. You were going to be out there anyway. Um, and I feel like it's, it's a way to still compete on a level with Zillow since they are in our MLS. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, those little estimates might get a little bit more advanced now. <laughs> Absolutely. Somebody brought that up though in one of the DFW um, realtor groups, mm -hmm. and they said I w they want to know how Zillow is going to respond with um, having to adhere to all of those requirements per the board. So, you know, with the advertising and using other people's listings and not giving them credit or how they've taken off FISBOs, how they're charging people to post rentals on there. Um, are they doing They are. It's $10 per rental per week. Oh. Yeah. So. Better a off hiring a property management company. Well, Way better. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, they'll probably have to, but um, they said what as realtors, what we should do is when we see them not complying to file a complaint. Right. And I said, that's kind of, that'll be our only recourse. Um, mm -hmm. There's a lot of agents that pay for Zillow. I know agents that pay thousands of dollars for Zillow and they're making, you know, six figures and all of that. And that's cute and fun. But at the end of the day, they have the strongest, um, leverage because they have the listing. And I'm like, you already have the listing. You're double paying for something that should just be paying you. You shouldn't have to pay them. So mm -hmm. some agents get it, some don't. It kind of is what it is. Yep. So yeah. yep. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Actually, I was at a listing appointment last week that um, <clears throat> she was talking to me about Zillow and the expertise on Zillow and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And I'm really glad that I even prepared for this because I usually don't even bring this report, but I'm going to show you. So I like, I run a report off of, um, oh, what's it called? C CMA, Cloud CMA, that one? Mm -hmm. sorry. Okay. So you can pull a report in there that shows you what the online algorithms or analysis, value analysis are showing versus the actual real sold comps and what that variance is percentage wise and show them how far fetched they are on a lot of the, the pricing strategies that they have. So like that, you know, one way to combat them. That was good. That was smart. I just lucked out. Total, total luck that I just added that in there. <laughs> I saw it and I was like, eh, I'll throw it in. Why not? It happened to work out for me. 
Yeah, and that's where you have to show, like you said, it's you show your expertise of being the local market expert because Zillow is not a local market expert. It's an intelligent mm -hmm. data system that just thinks the algorithms are going to be there, but what's actually really sold. And we get that on our side. I can't tell you how many people on our side start talking about, oh, Zillow showed me a payment of this. And I said, okay, let's combat that together. So I make them go pull it up. And I said, scroll down. And they're like, what are you talking about? So they'll mm -hmm. scroll down on the property. It's 20% down to the lowest interest rate on a VA with no mortgage insurance. And it's like, oh, well, then they forgot their taxes and insurance. It says that it's not in there. And so when you prepare them for a $600 more monthly payment, mm -hmm. they're like, well, Zillow didn't tell me. I'm like, you're not talking yeah. to someone local. You need a local real estate agent. You need a local lender that will pull your tax rate for your property to narrow down your payment because online fintech systems will not do that. Absolutely mm -mm. will not. Mm -mm. Yeah. You're all. so right about that too, because that is a big thing that you run into is that they don't disclose what an actual escrow payment is going to be. And the likelihood that you're not going to escrow your payment is pretty slim, especially as a first time home buyer, because right. you're not going to have the money down to be able right. to not escrow it. Right. Yep. Yep. That's, um, you know, what, what, what are they calling it now? The, the big media people, um, big tech, there we go. Big tech dilemmas every day. Oh yeah. Well, Glenda, did you have a bunch of people, um, trying to reach out this weekend? It's, uh, it's interesting. As soon as January hit, it was like, everybody got off the board and said, okay, I want to buy a house now. <laughs> so from, from months ago, we're like, oh, I saw this, I saw this. And um, we are seeing, it's an incredible amount of people, but the dilemma, like everything else is how do you combat? Everybody is so antsy and so antsy. You know, Georgette, we had that on our buyer too, is they're so antsy to get yeah. into it. They forget that there's systems and places that we have to do. And yeah. it's so incredibly busy. You know, for refinances, it's hard to tell someone, hey, we're going to still close you in 30 days contingent upon an appraisal. You know, rural appraisals right now are taking 21 business days to get out there. And USDA, for their purchase loans, um, as of last week, they're 14 days on their approval. And so when, and it's hard because we'll tell them and they'll go somewhere else. And then we're like, we told you so. We're, we're not in the business to sell sunshine and roses. Um, we're here to sell the nasty part of the loan. So when it comes up, we can say, remember that conversation on this date and this time, I told you so, this is what's gonna happen. But our phone, um, you know, and I think that's for any lender right now, our phones are just, they're nonstop all day long. And I'm so blessed to be able to do that for my agents and my clients and my referrals. But it's, you know, it's going to be here for all of 2021 for sure. It's going to be so? incredible. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible year. I am super excited about the DACA um, changes. I am too. And we have a call on that tomorrow. So stand by. Because um, <laughs> once we validate that, we'll be able to roll it out. I have had some that, yeah, they stopped that. And I'm so, I'm so glad that they're bringing the product back. Um, I am too. I am too. Whenever I saw that posted by, oh, I forgot the name of the, that group. It was somewhere on Instagram. I was like, no way. So like I started looking it up and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, yes, that, oh, that was so <laughs> exciting. So definitely reaching out to, to old leads like, hey guys, 
maybe you should reapply. Like this could be really beneficial. So that's what I've told everybody. That's my mass Texas weekend was a Madaka fans. Like I, I will validate it tomorrow on our internal call, but once it's ready, give me your docs, let's repo credit. Let's get you into a house before they do go up 15 and 20,000. You know, I think that's the bigger thing is rates right now are still increasing too because the supply and the demand and not knowing that's what's going to go on with the Biden first time home buyer program, which is very interesting. Um, you know, we'll tap on that real quick is it's out there, but it wasn't even in the first set of documents for him to sign for the executive order. And so tell me the, about this. Cause I don't know. I did not know. Just enlighten me. The, uh, the $15,000 for the first time home buyer incentive that um, Obama had, and it was $8,000 and it was a tax credit. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be a $15,000 upfront, like your first time home buyer grant, but it's not anywhere in the system to be played. So all of those documents that came out for him to push forward with it, it's the first time home buyer program's not even in there, even though it's supposed to be approved this year. Um, so of course it's going to be most likely, I mean, what we can probably think it's going to be like your first time home buyer programs, it's going to have income. It's going to be very asset driven, income driven, credit driven, and probably, you know, even area specific Mm -hmm. because we talk about home affordability is for those people, you know, to buy in downtown Mansfield. Well, that's not helping the affordability because there's no houses that they can afford. And so I would say, you know, just stand by on more information on that. We don't know, but I get, you know, 20, 30 calls a day of, Hey, when's this coming in? And all we can say is it's not right now. And so just be on the lookout for when it does come. Good to know. Cause I was the least bit of informed on that. (laughs) I remember the Obama one. Right. And the difference of that one is this is supposed to be an upfront. So of course the question is, is who's fronting the money? Are we now having to go like USDA? Is it going to be a grant or a bond? Is it a second lien? Is it forgivable? How long you have to be in the home for? So I think that's where the consumers just don't, they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause they hear of, Hey, we're going to get $15,000, but like everything else, you know, when we talk about first time home buyer grants, is it's there's a weighing system on there is you can get a first-time home buyer program but the downfall is the second mortgage you have to be in your home for five years um you know it's a zero percent interest you have to have your credit your income's gonna be there so there's a lot of uncertainty unknown for that but know that it will hopefully come up pretty soon to where we can you know get the word out to the masses like our daca program Right, right. Hopefully we'll, <clears throat> hopefully we'll hear about that here soon. I'm writing notes on everything that I need to sit here and be watching out for because I've been like all anti, like I'm staying off the news. I don't see any of that stuff. I've cleared so much stuff out on Facebook. I'm like, no negativity. Can I <laughs> that and that's a mindset, you know, that kind of sheds into the mindset of as anybody in real estate, if you see negative posts on there, that's just going to automatically bring down your mindset so when you go talk mm-hmm. to that consumer it could be a matter of five seconds but you saw something negative on facebook and you could lose that client yeah all day long yep. or if you're doing something negative and you pick up the phone and you sound like you're not having a good day well why would they want to work with you 
Yep. So Shoot. I am all for clearing that negativity and clicking that delete button. I think that's my, uh, my favorite thing this year. I know. Yeah. And it's like, what were you saying? I was just saying, absolutely. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like this year, I'm just like, okay, like I love all my people on Facebook. Some of them got a little crazy towards the end of the year. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to start just throwing out these scripture verses and let's put some like really good feel happy stuff out here. And I'm just going to stay out of everything. I mean, we all have our concerns. It doesn't even matter what side of the fence you're on. Everybody, everybody should, should be concerned just because of how, how vindictive, you know, everything's gone. But I'm just like, yeah, I just don't want to, I don't, I don't want to engage in it though. And I don't want to see it. So well, in, in real estate, it matters who's your HUD secretary, who's your, you know, department of your finance. And as real estate, you know, it doesn't matter what side you're on. It matters who is above your HUD and who is signing off on these home buyers, because it doesn't matter what side you're on. If someone over there hates first time home buyers, guess what? They're yeah. not going to be able to get any programs, but if they're truly in it to help our first time home buyers or any home buyers, then whoever that comes into that, that's where real estate and that's where consumers need to be on. Yep. Because um, that's what's going to continue to drive, you know, programs and products and government loans and government shutdowns. Um, you know, and I had some questions of what happens if the government shuts down. That means USDA loans and VA loans and FHA mm -hmm. loans, they, they kind of get stalled. Mm -hmm. And what happens if it's a builder and it's $150 a day that builders charge? Um, but that's nothing that lenders can do. And then what happens? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of education for consumers that they just don't get. Of if any government shuts down, you can't really get loans through a lot of times. Yep. Yep. So, um, just a second. Sorry, I had to answer that. Um, so on, <clears throat> if you are under contract and there's a government shutdown, does that terminate the contract? I'm assuming. Um, no, we haven't had to terminate. We just continue to push the closing dates out if that does happen. Gosh. And it depends on what kind of loan. Your conventional Fannie and Freddie are okay. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's USDA and it has to be underwritten by a government employee, it has to go through a second underwrite. You're not going to close on those. Um, or if it's VA, then you have to get that VA appraisal out there. You can probably do that. But if you have any VA questions, then those are not going to be there. Right really depends on what type of loan that you're doing more mm. often than not it's your usda and va loans but you just again want to set the consumer up of we just don't know what we don't know right now and you know i think this is the first year in probably 10 or 11 years that we just don't know all the forecasts are there data is there but we just don't know after the last year of the pandemic of what's about to happen when right. your rates are automatically at the lowest and you can't see the floor underneath it there's only one way for them to go it's up so mm -hmm. they are going to start creeping up there and a matter of, you know, we had that conversation the other day, Georgette, on one of our clients is a matter of a half a discount point is, or a half of interest rate, three, three and a half is a hundred dollars a month. Mm -hmm. well, that can completely kill the deal on any loan. And especially on these new builds that are six and seven months out. What happens if the rates are three and a half? What happens if they're four and a half? We don't yeah. know. Is that going to mm -hmm. now throw them out of contention? It may. So mm -hmm. that's why we strongly do it on our new builds is every 30 days, we look at that income of giving your paycheck stub because I would rather pull out a lot quicker than say, hey, 30 days before closing, whoa, 
your income's not there anymore. And now you're, you're stuck in a home that you don't have a lease on either. And you're homeless. Yeah. So many, wow. factors. so many factors. Yes. And stuff that I don't even think about because I mean, the Georgette, she does all the, you know, new construction. I don't do hardly any of it. Every once in a while, I'll have one from time to time. And it's usually just somebody that I know personally that I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll help you out on it. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't even think about stuff like that, but you were so right on that. It's the build time that's gotten ridiculous. Like I wanted to use the builder, um, Casabella Homes over in Grand Prairie. And even when I called, the lady's like, yeah, it's going to be six to seven months before we're finished. And I was like, what? And, um, but they're not building any homes. And I was like, well, what is taking y'all so long? And um, she's like, well, that's just our process. So I think that that's where a lot of builders have gotten to. It's just gotten, it's just taken way too long. And even with Legend Homes, they pushed it back, pushed it back. They're supposed to be pre-selling in November. And then every week, me and the salesperson, we have a call and it's just being pushed back another week, another month. Now they're probably not even going to break ground until February. Wow. And so um, it, even though they still have continued to give that, like I said, that 10,000 in closing costs is still offset almost, I don't want to say the quality of home, but the, the people that are willing to purchase in some of these areas, like their next community, um, it's going to be, I, I would still consider it stop six. Um, they're not saying it's stop six. They're just calling it Fort Worth. It's stop six. Hanley and, and that area. Say that again. Hanley and Eaterville, down by that. No, area. it's it's on this side, so it's right over there off of um, oh good, Ramey. Okay. Yep. Eight twenty and Ramey. So yeah. before you get to Ramey, that two eighty seven and eight twenty split, right before you get to that mobile home community, they're building right there by that gas station. Yep. Um, and the thing is, will those homes sell? They will. But like I told him, I was like, well, if you're trying to charge $250,000, $260,000 in a um, low income area, it's been low income since low income was low income, then you can't sell those homes. And I said, now you, you need a, so he was like, what do you think about a new product? I said, you guys need a new product there because it's not going to sell at 250. They just can't afford it. And um, so he's like, well, okay, went back to the manager talking about it again. And so now they're like, oh my God, trying to scramble to revamp the whole community. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, come on people. Hood. I, and I think it's crazy that builders will come into town trying to build in a community that they've never researched. Right. And so, yeah, we'll see. I've personally seen that recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, they go in and they kind of have their own price, their own mindset on pricing. And I'm like, guys, like, you can do that all you want, but just wait for the appraiser to come out. Right. Yeah. Sure enough. Mm-hmm. That's how it ends. Or you can't do the That's a very good thing. Appraisers right now are super, super conservative. They um, are scrutinizing everything. They are, um, it was interesting. I am actually working on a video this week on that. Um, most of the appraisals are starting to come in lower. Um, and listing agents aren't open and some aren't really seeing of what's going on for the side. And so I think the biggest PSA on everything is if you do your comp worksheets and your appraisal, 
uh, you know, get a workbook together because on our side as lenders, if you just shoot CMAs back there, they're not going to take it serious and they're not going to update it. But appraisers are super conservative. And the reason being is forbearances. The forbearances have been pushed out. Um, you're going to start, rates are going high, forbearances are coming up, evictions are there, mm -hmm. the uncertainty of the market, the pandemic. And you're also in, you're not in the middle of summer too. You're in the middle of January, which typically they're lower anyway, but now you're seeing everything kind of bottled up. And now appraisers are, they, I'm not saying they're hitting value every time because they're not. And I'm not going <laughs> to say that they are. Um, but we're also seeing people paying over too. So as buyers, we're seeing a lot of loans being restructured of 20% down, now going to 15% down, paying over just to get into these homes. Mm -hmm. So as a community, what is that doing? That's kind of pushing back to 2007 and eight where people are paying over. What happens if you lose your job and you just paid $10,000 over the asking price? And it's not the asking price of the listing agent. It's the actual appraised price of the home in 2020. Mm -hmm. you know, 2021, whatever it may be. So appraisers are very, very conservative right now of where we're seeing. So I've had, um, hmm, I had quite a few that did not uh, meet value, even, even with the comps there supporting comps, it did not meet value on several of my listings. Uh, the last, I guess it was the last six months of 2020 and there was one, y'all, there was one that didn't meet value by $12,000 solely because they did not have granite countertops like the other comps did. And I'm like, <clears throat> like granite doesn't even cost $12,000 yeah. not to install there. Like that's crazy. But yep, yeah. there is um, definitely a lot of conservative moves on appraisal. Even, you know, that's not a bad thing though, that they're kind of keeping it steady. I know that it's, it's, not always the best for sellers, but they're going to, yes, they're going to appreciate it in the long run, especially whenever they're turning around and buying while they're selling too. It's, it's a good thing that it's happening like that. Um, it's keeping it a little bit more steady. Cause like you're saying, it's, it's looking kind of like that 2007, 2008 market. Like for example, this weekend, yesterday, day before yesterday, <clears throat> I had somebody out, um, look at, actually, this was a crazy scenario, how this one happened, but, um, we're looking at a house with another set of clients that they were wanting to buy within like the Mansfield area. And they're like, well, let's just go out to Alvarado just in case. Um, super cute house out there sitting on like an acre of land listed at 265. They had offers come in for over 20,000 more than the list price, waiving the appraisal with the verbiage written in the special provisions that they would pay cash over the appraised value. Yep. I'm just oh, like, wow. yeah. it's happening and it's happening more often. I think I have four clients right now that are paying over the asking price on conventional loans. Um, VA, of course, they have the escape clause, which they don't have to. Um, but it is very, it's just weird right now. Like I, that's the only word I can say is it's just not what it was a year ago right now, or two or three or four years ago. And buyers have to be where, you know, again, like we've had clients put in 15, 20, 30 offers on homes and they're not getting it because people are paying five, 10, 15 over yeah. the asking mm -hmm. price. 
That's true. But even the client, we got under contract on the new build this weekend. She put in an offer 20,000 over. It wasn't accepted. Right. Um, we waited in line in the cold to see that in the open house. It was like eight people ahead of us. Yep. Um, we've put in an offer. I think that was Saturday and full asking, you know, just a clean contract, no bells and whistles. And the listing agent responded and she said, well, would your client go 5,000 over? We're like, why? It's already asking. And, um, but we've done a lot. I mean, for her, I think maybe five or six offers we put in and three have been accepted and she terminated all three. One of them got all the way to appraisal. Yep. So, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. So that's why when me and you were talking last week, Megan, I was like, whatever we do, I want it to be listing focused because I'm already dealing with buyers. So, and I lo love being a buyer's agent, but not in resale, not in resale. This has gotten crazy. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I've ever showed as shown as many homes to one um, buyer ever. And we haven't had contracts accepted or um, even my other client, her client, her husband passed away in December. And so they can't buy anymore. So she's like, well, we, I need to rent now. And it was just the randomest thing. She texted me, she's like, oh my God, you know, um, Andre passed away. I was like, wait, what? And so 2020, it's just been crazy on a lot of levels. And so, um, but definitely for first time home buyers, but I would even say move up buyers. Yeah. Um, my sister, she was going to sell her home and um, working with the insurance company in the same neighborhood as Taylor originally with the roof and all those kind of things. And then um, she was like, well, we'll just refinance. Trying to refinance home, they were like, nope. Um, it came in extremely low. And um, so, yeah, this market itself is, it's, even though I've only been in real estate the last four years, um, this has definitely been the most, it's a roller coaster of just offers and offers and showing in um, even with the listing agents, I think that they're probably just overwhelmed by the amount of offers that are coming in. And then one, she's like, I can't even answer my phone. Just text me. Yep. <laughs> like just no, you can't keep no. it straight. And that's what I finally got to do. And um, just like, that's what I got to do. I'm sorry about that. Um, here recently when, I mean, I just, you can't keep all the different scenarios straight anymore on all the different buyers agents that are calling and sending offer. It's like, I need everything in one email together. Cause there's so many of y'all that I, I can't even find everything in all the emails now to make sure that I have everything to be able to submit to the sellers just cause there's 30 something people calling, texting and email and stuff. And I'm just like, Golly, this is crazy. Well, and then on the flip side, I have an agent yeah. that we're working with right now that she, <laughs> and I don't, again, I don't know how anybody uh, can do this, but she overlists her home to make sure that they, and she knows they come in less. The conversation was, I know it's going to come in less. So if you don't want to pay over, I've got another buyer that will pay over in cash. Like in the middle of contract, we're trying to get closed. Appraisal came in, we got it reconsidered, we're looking at it, and she says, I don't care. Like, my seller is not coming down, this is what I do, I'm heavy listing, and if you don't want it, just pull out and I'll go to the next person. Like, not even willing to negotiate, but she knew she overpriced the home. And I'm like, wait, hold on, how, again, is that something of 
like for me that's a, a huge violation you know and they're Ooh. in the same buyers and sellers have the same brokerage and you know they're battling it out and she came the other day and said hey for the buyer's agent is you need to reduce your commission to meet my seller halfway to get it done like oh, wow. ooh, in their right mind as a listing agent and i say this wholeheartedly there's some people out there not doing their fiduciary duty to sellers or buyers in this market and the psa is do your research on your agent before you sign the dotted line for that representation uh, because the fiduciary duty to that client if you don't not say that work. yeah this is say that again because i remember i was in a um i was a listing agent for this little bitty cute home and um the agent who we accepted the contract from was where we were in the same brokerage and my client was like wait a minute it seems like she's playing games she was just all over the place with the way she was acting wasn't professional calling me screaming in my phone and um um yeah end up having to report it to the broker broker's like you know what nope you can't cancel the contract um you still have to continue to move forward with it and it was a nightmare mm -hmm. so what i'm realizing is if i would have went to peer review i would have known that already and i could have been ready so i would tell any listing agent it is very true you need to research that other agent Mm -hmm. And there are going to be reviews out there. Um, and it's just important because you can't get out of it. And they'll take you through a roller coaster, you and your client, and it's not even needed. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the sad part. It is sad. And that is where everybody in the industry gets the stigma that we are all trying to overcome or battle, you know, depending yeah. on the client. But there's a lot of times that I've had clients that, they just, I mean, it didn't matter what I did. I never could win their trust over because of how horribly battered they'd been through previous transactions. And I'm just like, man, this is, ah, yeah. And that's yep. disheartening because it does, it puts a big on, that's why they do the Zillows and, you know, especially for mm -hmm. a listing. I had one the other day said, honestly, I don't want to deal with the agent on the listing side because I had too much drama in the past. So why don't I just go to Zillow or OfferPad or Open Door and let them do it? And I'm like, well, number mm -hmm. one, do you realize the fees you're paying for that? Yeah. You're always going to have 3% repairs. Like there's non-negotiable on that. So Mr. Seller, I'm glad you came to me for the buy side, but I need to get you to a local agent that's not going to charge you 3% on the repairs. But again, mm -hmm. do your due diligence on who you're talking to because mm -hmm. Zillow or OfferPad and Open Door, those fintech companies, they don't care who you are. They're mm -hmm. going to shortchange you. They're going to come in lower and they're going to charge you for repairs, which is going to net you out less than if you lose, use a local agent. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Every time I've had several people that um, ended up listing with me because at first they met with me and they're like, you know what? I've had agents before. Basically, they put my house on the market and they go ghost, which I mean, hey, as a buyer's agent, you even know that that's true. And that happens far more often than not that your listing agents just they check out. They're done. Um, they show up at the closing table. That's it. You know, well, so they went to it was like Orchard, OfferPad, Open Door, all those different companies trying to see what each one of them would offer for the house. 
in every one of them. Up, the upfront offer was very enticing because it's usually about five to $10,000 within the market value range. So they're like, well, if I can just sell straight to you for five or 10 less, okay, I can do that. But then they come back and they say that all this money and repairs is needed. Oh, and by the way, we're going to charge you the title fee for both the whenever we purchase it, but then also the title fee for whenever we turn around and resell it too. Oh, and we're going to charge X, uh, X percent in brokerage fees, which I can only speak on open door that what I've seen from them is 10% in yes. brokerage fees Yes. on top of 3% in repairs Correct. on top of both buy side, sell side t- uh, title fees. And I'm like, 15%. people do this, yep. people actually do it. And I'm like, guys, y'all are getting ripped off. So, so bad here. Yeah, it's just the whole, you know, they've had bad experiences. So it's like, here, you know what? I will just give away the farm to not have to deal with you people again. Yep, it's tough. For sure. That's really, that's, that's disheartening. And that's the goal that we're looking at is if we can reach the masses on anything and just educate them on, again, we're not going to sell sunshine and roses, but it's not always good, but it's not always bad either. So call your local agent, call your local lender. We're here we can uh, work through those issues and just, you know, have conversations. Yep. Yep. I think authenticity is, is key too. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're back. I am. I don't know what happened. My phone was glitching and everything, but I'm back. <laughs> no worries. Well, I'm trying to think of anything else. This weekend was, was just crazy. It, it was, I worked late every night this weekend and it was just it was all just market stuff just everybody without wanting to buy every house up that's on the market right now so and there's not much out there i mean it's going to stay low inventory is going to be low the buyer demand is high super high Mm -hmm. um how do you become and how do you how do you win that contract you know maybe that's a class that we get on to do is how do you win that contract over anybody else i'm not just paying over the asking price like what do you do um you know your letter of the hearts from your clients your pictures with your family or you know those are sometimes working but man it's inventory is going to stay low for all of 2021 the rates are going to be even if they go up a half a point you're still at three and a half so you're still under four percent um, it's like I said, it's going to be a dynamic year of how do you continue to stay on the rise and the fall of your inflation, your labor costs, your new bills, your interest rates, your pandemic, your first time home buyer programs. Mm-hmm. There's so much out there. 